Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. I have a message uh, uh, for us today, and uh, it's called Claiming God's Promises. Claiming God's Promises. And, uh, you know, I was praying on uh, what, what to share today. And, of course, this is like a season of new beginning. We have people uh, new to the city, whether it's for studying or studying again. Uh, maybe you, are, you know you're regular to the city, but you're at, you know, a season of crossroads. And, and uh, sometimes, you know, we know that God is with us. But just because we know God is with us doesn't mean that, you know, we're not afraid. It doesn't mean that we don't get paranoid. It doesn't mean that we don't get paralyzed by our problems. And sometimes, you know, just because uh, uh, God is with us doesn't mean that, you know, there's no fear. You know, that, yeah, perfect love casts out all fear. But there's that inner fear of us that goes like, oh, no, God, are you really with me? And, and, and so, you know, I totally understand that. Because sometimes even as a pastor, God shows you His vision for what He wants His church to be. And I can go like, wow, I don't know how to do that. And I can get so paralyzed by fear. But God says that when you hear what I have to say, you know, don't get paralyzed, don't be scared. You're paralyzed because you're trying to solve it with your own strength. But God is saying that I want you to claim my promises. A lot of our breakthrough, it comes by faith. And when we learn to claim God's promises, you know, we, we, we're also claiming in strength and courage and wisdom and knowledge on how uh, to achieve what God wants us to achieve. Amen. And I know I'm talking to a crowd now and uh, claiming God's promises can sound so simple in thinking, love, Pastor, do you really need to preach about it? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because I notice that sometimes in Christianity, we talk like we know what we're talking about, but we actually don't. Have you met someone who likes coffee? And, uh, you know, and nowadays when you go to any of the boutique coffee shops, you know, the, the, it's not just coffee. Back then, it was just coffee. Sh- sh- sugar? No sugar. Milk? No milk. Now, it's macchiato, cappuccino, latte, flat white, uh, uh, you know, uh, espresso, uh, and uh, you know, you, and then don't get me started with the different Starbucks sizes, venti, and and I don't know what else. You know, you you, you start speaking in tongues, uh, and 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 sometimes you know you meet some of our coffee snot friends, and then they they go to the counter and say, "Can I have a cappuccino?" And then they look like so suave. And then if you really want to mess with them, maybe you turn to them and go like, ask them this trick question: What's the difference between a cappuccino and a flat white? And then they go like, uh. The name <laughs> and the spelling and you know, like and, and I find that many times as Christians we have the same thing, you know? Yeah, come on, you gotta claim God's promises, amen. How to claim? Uh, uh you buy a Christian bumper sticker, <laughs> uh, you wear a Christian t-shirt, uh, uh, no, no, no. And I feel that you know, sometimes uh, what's stopping us is these two questions slash false statements. You know, when we think about claiming God's promises, uh, many times we, we think first of all that I don't think I can. And then secondly, we, 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 if we're really honest, we will be honest to say that, and I don't really know how. Or I'm not sure the way I'm doing it is it the right way. And so today, I want to encourage you guys and remind us that, yes, we can claim God's promises. Uh, and, and at the same time, you know, these are some of the ways we can do it. I'm going to show you at least two ways we can do it. Amen? And uh, this, I hope, will help you with your studies. So the next time you feel so, you know, uh, uh, that, that, you know, your final year and you feel so daunted, uh, no, don't. Don't, don't be paralyzed by fear, but start claiming God's promises. Maybe you're at a crossroad and you're thinking to yourself,
yourself, I don't know what to do. You know, don't just, you know, daydream with your mouth open, the flies might fly in. You know, instead claim God's promises. You know, I'm reminded this again recently because uh, they recently launched an iPhone. How many of you watched the new iPhone XS or XR or XS Max uh, keynote? I, 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 I watched it. And, uh, you know, they were bragging about, wow, you know, this is, sometimes I go like, what's the point? Every year, Apple's going to come out and say that this is the best phone ever. If you rewind to last year, they say the same thing. This is the best phone next year. I can prophesy what they're going to say next year. This is the best phone ever. And, and, and sometimes, you know, we, we, we look at their technology and it's fine. But I'm recently reminded again that do you know that there's so much power in our smartphones today? And I'm not into brands or anything like that, but uh, recently I read an article. Uh, in the 1960s, the, no NASA sent a man to space, you know, Neil, uh, Neil Armstrong. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, and he, not just to space, but to the moon, to be exact, and walked the moon. So in the 1960s, we managed to not just send people to space, but, but to land on the moon and to walk on the moon. And they were saying that the technology, the, the computers at that time, the technology needed to accomplish that, uh, can it's it's today is all is basically they're saying that your they use iPhone six example so they say your iPhone six has more computing power uh, than all the computers put together in the 1960s. In other words, in your phone is the ability to send someone to the moon. And I'm, when I saw that, I go like, wow, you know. And then I wonder, wow. Then then does it mean that the iPhone X Max can send someone to Mars, I'm not sure. But you know, but the, the, the truth is this, that there's so much more power in our hands than we realize. Yeah. And, and, and I feel that as Christians, we've got to remind ourselves because there's so much power in us as Christians than we realize. Sometimes you treat it like a phone. Oh, you know, yeah, okay. You know, Christianity is kind of like my phone. I can make calls. I can receive calls. I can go on social media, you know. And sometimes we think church is like that, you know. Or it's a place I make calls to God. I receive calls from God. And my social media is, you know, my, my church fans. But that's not. There's so much more power in your phone. And therefore, there's so much more power in us as believers. And a lot of that power has already been given to us. Just like it's, it's, it's in your phone. Whether you use it just to make calls or not, there's enough power in it to send someone to the moon. Whether you use it just to take pictures, there's enough power. And so for us as Christians, there's enough power already. Jesus has given us enough power. The Word of God has given us enough power, enough promises to bring us to the spiritual moon and back. And, and, and I want us to tap into that power. I want us to tap into the promises of God uh, so that we are not only blessed, but we can be a blessing. You know, God has blessed us as His, His children, you know, with, with amazing things. You know, the, the truth is this, not everyone has access to God's promises, only believers, because believers are His children. You know, it's like if you have children one day, if your children says, Dad, can you play with me? You'd be like, sure, I'll play with you. But if your neighbor's kid says, Dad, Uncle, can you pray with me? I'll play with me. You'd be like, uh, why? Where's your dad? You know, like even though he's a kid, same age as your son or daughter, you hesitate. Even though you can play with the kid, but you hesitate because it's not your kid. And so sometimes you don't even realize that the ability... To claim God's promises is not just for anyone, but it's for us as His believers, as His children, His spiritual children. Amen? So today, I want to you know, uh, give us you know, three points. And uh, if you're taking down notes, uh, I, I, I want to you know, give you the three points in advance so you can help me to preach so I don't overdo it. 
I hope everyone's okay, not too warm. If it's warm, maybe some people sitting near the air conditioning uh, can just turn it up for a little bit, just for circulation. And then if it gets too cold, put on the jacket. No, I'm just joking. Uh, and uh, we can turn it off again. Uh, but just so that they circulate. Amen. So the three points is this. The first point, believe it. Second point, pray it. Third point, declare it. If you're talking about claiming God's promises, the first thing that needs to happen is that you've got to believe it. And sometimes we struggle with believing because we, we don't think we're good enough. We don't think that we're worthy enough. And uh, we, we, we get into this whole big theological uh, conundrum of like, you know, is, can I really claim that promise? Is that promise for me? Now, just short theological lesson. Not every promise in the Bible is promised to you. It's not. But every promise is promised for you. Wow, that's deep. Well, let it, let it sink in. If you weren't paying attention, you probably get, what did he just say? Not every promise is promised to you. But every promise is promised for you. God didn't promise to you that you would have a kid at 90. There was a promise given to Abraham, specifically Sarah. But that promise is for you. You can claim that even though you're later in life, you can still claim that miracle. Does it make sense? So God didn't give it to you, but it is given for your benefit. Amen? And no, the, the, the same thing, you know, God, God you know, for, for example, uh, uh, you know, God didn't uh, uh, promise to you, uh, you know, that if you take this mud, put it in your eye, go to a pool, wash it, and you can see again. That promise was made to a blind person by Jesus. But that promise is made for you. So in the event you are blind, and I know there are no blind people here, or at least I hope they're not, I hope you're not offended if you are. But you know, there are no blind people here. But you know, but that but if you are one day, God forbid, you know, in an accident where your eye is you know affected, or maybe you, you caught a contagious disease where it starts affecting your eyesight, and you don't want to live without eyesight, and you don't want to live with, with reduced eyesight, that promise is for you to claim. To go like, God, if you can make a blind person see, you can heal me of my eye sickness. No matter what my eye sickness is, whether it's cataract or whether it's, it's you know, whatever it is, God, you can heal. So, so well, it's not made to me, it is made for me. And that's something that we've got to understand because many times the devil will say that, no, did God really say that? The devil always likes to say that, doesn't he? From the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, he told Eve the same thing, you know, did God really say? And sometimes you're going through life and life hits you hard. And you go like, you know, oh, I, I really need God's breakthrough in this. I really need God's healing. I have a loved one who is struggling with cancer. I need God to heal. And as you're there, ready to pray, those small voice whispers, can, are you sure you can pray like that? Come on. Church, you've been there before. Are you sure? And then we start going like, oh yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah, you know, in the Bible, God only healed people that were worthy. I'm not worthy. You know, no, I didn't read my Bible enough this week. Well, it's not about that. It, 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 every promise might not be made to you, but it's for you. Amen? And so that's the first thing we've got to understand. You know, in fact, I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And this will help us. Amen? In believing it, which is the first point. You see, I can tell you about the promise of God, but if you don't believe, it's pointless. You know, I can tell you about the benefits, but if you don't believe... It's pointless. And so the first key towards claiming God's promises is to believe. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says this, 
For as many as are the promises of God, in Him they are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Amen? I'm going to say that one more time. For all the promises, all the promises, promises for healing, promises for blessing, even promises for, you know, miracles. You know, just now we use the example of a late, later age pregnancy. Amen? I want you to know that it might not be made, that promise might not be made to you, but it's made for you to claim. You know, recently my, my second sister gave birth. And uh, my second sister, my second older sister, uh, she you know, married later. Uh, she was waiting for the right guy. Amen? There's no shame in waiting for the right guy. You'd rather marry the right guy than to marry the wrong guy and be happy for a few years and then, you know, get all sorts of messed upness. And so, uh, she got married. Uh, uh, she got married. How old was I uh, before we came over here? So, that was like about three years ago. So, she got married when she was 43. Well, I already see some faces like, you know, jaw drop already. That's not a miracle. <laughs> some of you are like, oh, wow. <laughs> but that is, you know, because guess what? Isaac, Abraham's son, Isaac got married at 40. But tell all the men here, don't worry, God will bring you the perfect bride at 40. You'll be like, Pastor, I'm going to change church. You know? <laughs> I'll go to the church that promises me at 30 or before 30. No, no, no. no so, so, yeah, yeah, God, can, God, God, amen, God can, can bring the right one. Doesn't matter your age, God can bring the right one. Whether you're 53, it's possible. Because God brought it to my sister at 43. So, they got married, happily married, you know, godly men. They were happy and, and, and they... Uh, you know, they conceived, they were, they were believing for a child. And she, so she just gave birth this year. So she gave birth uh, three years ago. So she's 46. 46 years old. And she welcomed in her first baby. And I'm proud to be an uncle of a beautiful niece uh, because my sister married a Swedish guy. Swedish, I think. Swe yeah, they met in Denmark, but he's Swedish. Yes, yes. I, sorry, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a bit colorblind when it comes to Scandinavian countries. They're all the same. All Vikings to me. Uh, and, uh, you know, for, so, so, uh, her, so the full name is, you know, uh, Hannah Christina Bjorkutun. So Bjorkutun is the... the, the the, the Swedish surname. It sounds like an Ikea shelf that you buy, I know. Uh, but, uh, you know, but, but Hannah, Christina, and 46. Amen? You know, because why? Because all the promises are yes and amen. All the promises. But I don't feel good. You know, I'm not the best Christian. All the promises. It's not about you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not about you. Because you've got to believe it because it says that all the promises of God in Him. You see, all the promises of God in Him are yes. It's yes, not because of you. It's yes because of Jesus. And if you have Jesus, if you're a believer of Jesus, in you is a yes. And in you is an amen. You know, sometimes we, we, we go up to church a lot of times and we don't even know the meaning of the things we say. Amen, amen. What does amen mean? Amen means do it. So be it. Amen. Very powerful words. In other words, it's saying that for all the promises for God in Him are yes, and in Him are do it. So, so when God says all the promises are yes and amen, it's not just saying that, yes, I, I will grant it to you, but I will also make it happen. So when you pray, go, Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. It's like we pray all this in Jesus' name and do it, God. Do it, God. You know, so going up again as a Methodist, you know, we, we end the service by singing this threefold amen. You know, amen, amen, amen. And now that we realize the words, it's like do it. Do it, do it, God. And, and so, you know, what we need to realize that, you see, in us, friends, God didn't just put 
just salvation in us. He put power in us. He didn't just put, you know, uh, 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 salvation in us, but He put His promises in us. Because in Him, not in you, not in your good behavior or bad behavior, but in Him. Do you have Him? If you have Him, then in Him, all of the promises, whether it's for finances, whether it's for wisdom, whether it's for life partner, whether it's to conceive in late term, all of it are yes and amen. Not yes and maybe, depending on how often you do your quiet time, depending on how much you give into the tithes and offering. No, all of it in Him are yes and amen. And that's something you've got to believe it. Because if you don't believe it, you won't claim it. I can tell you all the benefits, but until you use it, until you stand on it, until you believe it, it nothing's going to happen. So the first thing is this, you got to believe it. Amen? And, and, and the scripture, this is not me, this is not your pastor, this is scripture giving us this, that all of it. So, so God might not have promised, you know, to make you the head and a tail like how he promised to Joseph, but it's for you. Does it make sense? You know, he didn't promise you, to, that, that he promised Joseph that I will make you great, but, but it's for your benefit. So, so you, you, you can be trapped in a similar situation and you claim the promise that was made to Joseph because it was made for your benefit. Amen. Second point is this. This is how. Now we're going, going to the how. So the first thing is this, you've got to believe it. Once you believe it, you internalize it. Once you internalize it, you've got to do it. Right? If I'm trying to sell you an iPhone, I can go like, hey, this is the best iPhone. But if you go like, ah, bluff, you know, uh, or, you know, they say it all the time, then, then there's no power. But if you, if you believe it, uh, then the power starts. Because you go, oh, I believe it. They put in your money for down payment, then you get it. You know, the iPhone, whatever, you know, X, ACTS. Uh, and, and so, you, the next thing you're going to do, this is how you claim the Word of God. You've got to pray it. You've got to pray it. I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 25, verse 19 to 24. Uh, and uh, Genesis 32, verse 3 to 12. Just do a short Bible study if that's okay. Uh, and uh, in Genesis chapter 25, verse 19 to 24, you have the story of, again, Isaac, uh, who met his wife later in life. And therefore, he had a similar problem uh, like his parents, which is, uh, you know, they were believing God for a baby even though they were older in age. But because God had promised to his father, Ab uh, Abraham, Isaac, could benefit from that promise. Amen? And so, Isaac, uh, this is how Isaac applied that. Genesis chapter 25, verse 19 to 24. Uh, if you have it, can you hear? Amen. Amen, do it. Okay, now these are the generations of Isaac. Oh, we'll read from here. Uh, Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as wife. Guys, <coughs> uh, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Pandan Aram. Okay, cool. The sister of Laban. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. You see, back then there was no ultrasound. So when she was pregnant, she's like, oh, I guess I'm pregnant. And, and, but, but boy, oh, but it's so painful. What's happening? Is the baby healthy? No ultrasound. So what could she do? She claimed God's promises. She said this, if all is well, let me inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. Go pause her for a while, just to remind us 
Who was the promise made to? The promise was made to the mom. Notice this. Said to her, the Lord said, not to Jacob, not to Esau, but the Lord said to her, Rebekah, two nations are in your room. So the promise was for, was to her, but it's for the benefit of the children. Does it make sense? So same thing, every word of God is a promise to them, to the Bible heroes, but it's for your benefit. And so there will be two nations within you. Amen? So remember this, this is, this is their destiny. Amen? And so let's turn now, uh, jump forward a little bit. Genesis chapter 32, verse 3 to 12. Genesis 32, verse 3 to 12. Amen. Then Jacob, now, so long story short, the two brothers grew up kind of like, you know, hating each other, fighting each other. The, the younger one was always insecure despite the promises already over his life. Maybe that's a word for some of us here. You know, J Jacob had the promise. The promise was there even before he was born. And yet when he was born, he was insecure about it. And when he was born, he tried to use his own methods to get that blessing, not realizing that that promise has already been given to him. Maybe there's a remember word for someone here. Are you stressing yourself out unnecessarily? Could it be that in the Word of God are already promises written over your life about your situation? So instead of being like Jacob who tried to hustle his way to success, he should have rested and believed in the promises of God. Maybe all he needed to do was to trust what his mom said. Because maybe the mom says that, no, Jacob, you saw you don't have to fight. You know, God has blessed you both. God promised to make both of you nations. And then probably Jacob's going like, yeah, 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 mom just being mom. Same like, you know, eat more or why you're so fat, you know. So after a while, you just drown out. It's all just white noise. You know, but, but, but it's not, you know, the, the word of God, the promises of God, don't make it a white noise in your life. Amen. Sometimes you've got to read the word of God and believe it. Amen. And so, so, then, so long story short, they clash and Jacob tricked Esau to surrendering his blessing, his right to claim a blessing from their father to him. And so Jacob got it. And so this is many years past. Jacob now is very rich, but he's very afraid. How many know that you can be rich, but you, you, you can, you, money cannot buy you security? You know, can, money cannot buy away fear. So, so Jacob was a rich man, but he was still very afraid. And But later on, we'll read, and he overcame this, and he overcame this problem, and God reconciled him and his brother, but he did it through claiming God's promise. We're going to read, okay? Then Jacob sent messages before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the county of Edom, and he commanded them, saying, Speak thus to my Lord Esau. Thus your servant Jacob says, I have dealt with Laban and stayed there until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, and male and female servants, and I have sent them uh, to you uh, uh, to, to give to you. Then the messengers returned to Jacob saying that we came to your brother Esau, and also he is coming to meet you. 400 men are with him. And so he's saying that, yeah, we, we gave him all the presents, but he's still not satisfied and he's coming. He's walking to you with 400 men. So Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and herds and camels into two companies. And he said, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the other company which is left will escape. You see, even then, he's still trying to use his, 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 his tactics, his strategy, uh, to try to weasel his way out of it. Then Jacob said, but this is where the breakthrough came. I want you to know that in the end, he didn't need, you know, verse 8, was him planning, oh, I split the two. So if one gets attacked, the other one survives. But, but how many know that, Spoiler alert, at the end, he didn't need that plan from verse 8. 
because the, the, the plan from verse 9 uh, 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 worked out well. Then Jacob said, Oh God of my father and Abraham. So at least he finally got this revelation. Maybe I need to pray to God. After sending presents, it doesn't work. After bribing, it doesn't work. Maybe now I plan, but even then, deep down, he says, Oh, I, I think I need to turn to God. I need to turn to God. And then Jacob said, Oh God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, Return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. He's claiming. How is he praying? Let's turn back there for let's do a short Bible study. This is how you pray. This is how you claim God's promises. You, you pray to God what He has already spoken. You see, sometimes you go like, oh, claim God's promises. You know, so, so sometimes for Christians, we, we joke about it, right? So when the food drops on the floor, instead of a five-second rule, you go like, you say, in the name of Jesus, be clean, you know, and eat it. And I don't think that's claiming God's promises because you might get salmonella for that, okay? But, but this is how you actually claim God's promises. This is how you do it. You pray. How, how did Jacob approach the problem? He didn't say, God, why did you do this? God, it wasn't a complaining prayer. It was a prayer that says, God, God, this is, this is I, I want to claim your promise. This is what you said to me. I'm, 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 I'm saying back to God His promises to me. I'm, 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 I'm reminding God His promises to me. How do you do that in everyday life? Read the Bible. You know, when you read the Bible, you got to believe it. And then when you, when you go like, God, heal me. Like how you heal the woman with the issue of blood. God, God, provide for me like how you provided for Abraham. God, 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 you know, protect me like how you protected, you know, the Apostle Paul. He was shipwrecked, but he didn't die. You know, he, his plane almost crashed, but he didn't die. And so, you know, then Jacob said, Oh God, my father Abraham, God, my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, Return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. Next verse. I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff and now I have become two companies. So another thing about praying is this, don't just regurgitate back to God what he has said, but the attitude of prayer, it needs to be a submitted heart. How did Jacob pray? He didn't go like, God, you promised, so you do it. He says, God, you promised. But at the same time, I understand I am not worthy. And many times, we gotta, that you can pray with boldness, but you can also pray with submission. Sometimes, you know, we, 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 you know we, we get complaints, you know, people say that, oh, you know, this church, you know, you're, you're praying, you know, you're making such bold statements. Shouldn't you be submitted to God? Yeah, yeah, I'm submitted to God on the inside. You know, I'm submitted to God in my spirit. But just because I'm submitted doesn't mean that I can't declare the boldness of God, especially if it's promised in the Word of God. You see, every bold statement that we pray, you know, it's not just made up. Sometimes, you know, maybe we, 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 we are Christians, but we need to undo a lot of old mentality, you know, from our pagan days where we believe this thing called jinx. And the more you want to see something, the least you should talk about it because the more you talk about it, the universe or whatever will take it away. That's not what the Word of God says. And so as Christians, we're going to start believing what the Word of God says. And nowhere in the Word of God does it spell this four-letter word called J-I-N-X. It does not exist. If you want to take down one note, write down. The word jinx does not exist in my Bible. And so what we need to understand is this. You know, yeah, I'm submitted to God, but I can still declare because these are promises made for my benefit. So he submitted with a, with a submitted heart. He prayed, deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For you said, you see, this is how you claim God's promises. You, you remind God again, God, you said in your word, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. Do you know that this was a promise not just made to Jacob, but made to his grandfather, Abraham, first? 
then made to Isaac. Then Jacob claimed it. Do you understand again, God is trying to tell us that the Word of God, even though your name is not Daniel, even though your name is not Peter, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we, uh, uh, you know, we can go to university and we get so caught up with, you know, oh, no, the, the Bible, you know, is so anti-feminist. No, no, no. Just because it, it says that, you know, uh, you know, all men shall be blessed, it doesn't mean women can't be blessed. Amen. You can claim it. Amen. You know, so just because your name is not Daniel doesn't mean you can't claim that blessing. Just because your name is not Peter doesn't mean you can't claim that blessing. So claim it. And this is how. This is how you claim God's blessing. You pray back to God. Sometimes we pray and our prayers are, there's no power. When there's so much power in us, but our prayer has no power. God, do it. Okay. But come on. Claim God's promises. God, save me. And God is saying that, yeah, yeah, save me. Not because He is forgetful, but He actually wants to grow us. Does it mean, do you understand that sometimes God intentionally puts problems in our lives? Not, not so that we can pray that problem away, so that that problem can help us to pray. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that, that's like hashtagable. Oh, come on. That, that, that's some, that's some, that's some high-level quality preaching. I'm not sure whether you like it, but there's some good stuff. I'm going to say that one more time. Sometimes God puts problems in your life. It's not so they can pray that problem away, but that problem helps you to pray. God wants to grow you. You know, God wants you to internalize His promises. We, we, we don't internalize the Word of God. But when you start saying this, you know, God, provide for me. Like how you provided. And then God is saying, for... And they go like, oh, for my neighbor, and eh. for my mom, and eh. not good enough. God, provide for me, like how you provided for Abraham. He walked up a mountain, and he thought that he had to sacrifice his own son, but he didn't need to sacrifice his son, and I don't know where you provided Abraham. And God, I don't know, I don't have any connections in this city, but God, I, I know that you will provide. You know, I don't, and, 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 and we've seen that. You know, Pastor Cat, you know, she's, uh, no, I miss my wife. I don't have my wife full-time now. She's not a full-time wife anymore. No, no, no. She's still full-time wife. You know, I don't, uh, no, she's working now. Praise God. You know, but, but when, she, when we enter the city, we always tell people this. And I kid you not, we say that we do not know anyone except Jesus. And sometimes that's all you need. And so we didn't know anyone except Jesus. And so we pray, God provide. God bless. God, you can bless us with a job. God, you can, and so we're claiming God's promises. And God made it happen even though we didn't know anyone. In fact, you know, uh, you know, some of you might not know this, but uh, a headhunter called her up and she doesn't remember how, when she gave the headhunter that thing, you know, the, her, her, her credentials. Because the person said, oh, I've got a job for you. And then she's like, uh, okay, who are you? Amen. You know, God, can, God can, can bless us if we only believe. You know, we recently had that testimony. I, I won't share the full thing of it. I'll let her share it. Uh, but, Recently in the news, you know, I'm from Malaysia and, uh, you know, we're as a nation in the process of rebuilding. And I uh, so recently read a news article that says that this year, the government apparently, okay, in, if, it, if it lies, it's the news article that lied. Okay, not me. And so the news article said that, uh, you know, uh, there were only 13 scholarships given, uh, this, this scholarship called JPA, only 13 given out for overseas. 50 over were given out to study locally and only 13 were given to people to study overseas in the top universities. There's one girl in our church who's on her way back because she's one of them. How did that happen? Did she know anyone? No. And when she, I, 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 oh, I almost want to share a testimony, but I'm not going to because I don't want to steal her thunder. But, but it was almost as if like an angel appeared and helped her get the scholarship. Why? Because we can claim 
God's promises. God's promises of provision is not just for the Israelites. It's, it's made to the Israelites, but it's for us. Amen? So we're going to pray. This is how you do it. So don't just, you know, it's not, you know, meditate and go, um, God, you shall provide all my needs. No, 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 you got to pray back. you got to pray back. You know, so, so you, you, you know, so pray. If you feel down in the dumps, just pray, Jesus, I only have you. And then you, but don't throw a pity party. Enter into claiming promise mode. You go like, but God, your word says, seek ye first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This is what we were claiming every day for Pastor Cat's life. And Pastor Cat's like, oh God, I love you. Three more months, if I stay on Malaysia, three more months, and you have made me a partner in my firm, which today in Malaysia, everybody wants to work for. Three more months. And I always tell her, seek ye first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. She didn't always like it, but I always claim it. And then when she go like, oh, I went for the interview, I thought this could be it. You know, every Saturday I go down to Bristol, I serve them. Sometimes the people don't even realize. Some, you know, every Sunday we're there, people don't even realize. See first, <laughs> His kingdom, His righteousness. Sometimes she'll come there, oh, how come you don't pray for me? No, I pray for you all the time. You pray for me now? Okay, I pray for you now. And get together and go like, God, I pray that you'll bless Cat because your word says, seek ye first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things. I close my eyes because I, I, I don't dare look at my wife. I can only imagine she probably going like, this one again. But now, if you ask her, she's going to be like, seek ye first. You know what I okay. No, no, but, but you know, you, you, this is how you claim God's promises. Not write it on a piece of paper, burn it, and uh, not put it in the water and drink it down. No, it's, it's, no, you, you pray back to God. God, your word says. God, the doctor report says I got cancer, but your word says, by your stripes I am healed. God, the doctor said that my mom has only three more months, but your word says. So you claim God's promises by rebuilding and refuting the world's news with God's good news. You declare the world's news to be fake news and you say that this is good news. The good news is Jesus has set me free. The good news is I have been made whole. The good news is in his room, he's leading me together. The good news is we can claim God's promise. Last but not least is this, declare it. Because praying it is one thing. And this is how you pray, okay? Right? So go back. If you're going, if you need wisdom, come on, declare God's wisdom. Oh, what if I wisdom? Proverbs. Go back and declare every single one. There's, there's 30 chapters in Proverbs. You declare one every day, one month, you'll be smarter, I'm sure, I'm telling you. And, 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 and so you, you, you declare God's promises by praying to God, but then you must also learn to declare it. Now, declare it sounds like just using your voice, and it is. Uh, but how many know that you can also declare with your silence? Oh, that sounds deep. Let's turn with me to Joshua chapter 6. I mean, this last verse, I'll close this up. Uh, Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. Joshua 6, verse 1 to 5. Declare it. Declaring it in the Word of God means this, that learn to speak over it even though you don't see it. Praying it is praying to God. Declaring it is something that you can do on a physical. Does that make sense? Praying is going to a prayer closet and, and wrestling with God over it. Just like how Jacob wrestled with God. You wrestle, God, your word says this, God, your word says this. But declaring it is, is you don't need to pray. When you see the problem again, you just speak over that problem. You've got to learn to do it. And you can either speak over the problem or sometimes learn not to speak the opposite of a promise. Amen? Which is what 
God had to teach Joshua and company. So Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 to 5 says this, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. Not, not quiet, but as in like, you know, clamped down, you know, uh, all alarms going on, all archers on all the towers are ready to fight. None went out and none came in. Lockdown. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty man of valor. Stop there for a while. Sometimes we read the Bible again. We got to take our time down, read it, claim it, you know, believe in it. And so here, God is teaching Joshua more than just, you know, because we know, we know that Jericho was brought down by them walking six times and then on the seventh time, they blew a trumpet and they shouted and the walls came down. Uh, but actually, the declaration started earlier on. It says, and now Jericho was securely shut up. Was Jer- Jericho broken? No, it was shut up because of children. None went out and none came in. Verse 1 describes Jericho to be at its toughest. All the archers are out. All the gates are shut. All the defenses are up. The alarm has been switched on. And yet, in verse 2, God said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho to you. I don't know about you, but Jericho at the time didn't seem like it was given. But God told Joshua, declare as if it's been given. But, but I see the walls up. The archer is pointing an arrow at me. See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty man of valor. See, sometimes we refuse. You know, we, 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 we don't like to claim the word of God because it feels foolish. It's not foolish. God just sees things not the way we see. Sometimes we go like, huh? So, pastor, you want me to, to so, well, every day when I take the bad result, I just rebuke the bad result? Yeah. Because that's what the word of God says. When the city looked like it was impenetrable, God says, I have given. Not I will give, but I have given. Oh, but it's all locked up, I have given. Uh, but the archer is pointing his arrow at me, I have given. Uh, in fact, I think they just installed a new cannon, I have given. The, the king is, you know, showing off his new armor, it's okay, it will be given to you. Uh, all the men look very tough, and the mighty men of valor. So God, what do you want me to do? Declare it. Or if you don't have the guts to declare it, say nothing. And, and, and declare in silence. You know, you know you can declare in silence? Maybe this can help some people who are afraid of the whole jinxed thing. Learn to declare in silence. Maybe you're like, oh, I don't dare declare out loud. Okay, declare in silence. Because God told them after that in verse 3, you shall, right? And this is how you should declare it. See, you shall march around the city, all your men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast of the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up every man straight before him. So God basically said that, yeah, you can declare it. I'm asking you to declare in, in seven days' time, I want you to make this huge, loud declaration. But until the seventh day, I need you to make six silent declarations. Sometimes we just focus on the seventh declaration, not realizing that every circle in silence is a silent declaration. You know how sometimes we can, we can demoralize ourselves? Do you know sometimes we can deflate our own spirit, man? You know, every time you come to church, right? And then, and then God fills you up. Oh, you feel so puffed up in the Holy Spirit in a good way. Amen. And then you go like, wow, God, you know, and sometimes in church you go like, wow, all things are possible. And then the more you walk out from church, it feels like you're more deflated. You are. <laughs> and by the time you reach home, you're just like, you know. <laughs> but God is saying, no, no, no. Come on. 
No, don't deflate. And sometimes we can deflate ourselves by our negative thoughts, by our own, you know, our own lack of faith. But what we need to do is, you know what? Wow, I want to, you know, I, I, I want that healing. And then as you walk away, the devil will come and say, uh, do you really think you'll be healed? And instead of echoing what the devil is saying, just be silent. If you don't have strength to rebut, just be silent. Be silent but believe. Be silent but declare. There were all together seven declarations. Six of them silent, one of them loud, and then the walls of Jericho came down. What we need to understand is this, that, you know, are you facing a problem? You know, I, no, I, I mean, I love social media, but sometimes, you know, we can hashtag overshare. And, and we need to stop doing that. You know, and, and maybe we're, we're, instead of going to God, uh, we go to our likes and our comments to try to cheer us up. Oh, look at me. You know, uh, pity me. I don't have this or don't have that, you know. I'm 36 and still single. Yeah, no wonder you're 36 and still single because you're oversharing it, you know. <laughs> but you need to maybe just be, be silent and allow God to do the work within you. Remember, not all declarations are loud. There were six silent declarations and one loud declaration and we've got to learn to declare the promises for God. You know, what, what do you think they declare? They declare on the seventh day, God has given it to us. What we're declaring, what was promised to them? What was promised to them when it looks like the worst? Amen? So declaration also means this. Don't let what you see stop you from confessing the Word of God. You know, I know some of us here, we are studying and, and maybe you're studying a new course, maybe the bar course and then everything looks like Greek to you even though you just spent the last three years studying this thing called law and then now it feels like the last three years mean nothing because it's like, what is this? Come on, learn to declare it. The walls of Jericho look tightly shut. The, your, your, your bar, I don't know, books and schedule looks impenetrable. But God is saying that I will give it to you. In fact, I have given it to you. Come on, learn to declare it. Learn to believe in it. Learn to be silent when you have to. Learn to speak up when you have to. Amen? You know, maybe you're believing God for a new job and it feels like all the odds are against you. You know, but, but come on. Learn to be silent when you have to. You know, don't discourage yourself. The Bible says this, life and death is in, is, you know, is, is in the power of the tongue. And so with that same mouth, we can declare God is good. In that same mouth, we can declare I'm dead. And God is saying that you've got to learn to be quiet sometimes because I have already given you. And so I, I can imagine, you know, even though Joshua was leading the man to walk around, and even though they were silent, they were not silent on the inside. I can imagine deep down inside, in his mind, he's replaying the promise of God. I have given Jericho to you. I have given Jericho to you. I have given Jericho to you. Day one. Day two, I have given Jericho to you. I have given Jericho to you. That's why in their sixth declaration of silence gave them the strength to make a loud declaration on the seventh round. What we need to understand is this, that God's promises are for us. It's, it's, it's for us. We're His children. And it's for us, not just to claim for us, but it's also for us to claim for other people. You, you, I love the part where it says that and Isaac prayed for the wife. Because then following it says that and then the wife prayed later on. But do you know that God can bless you? You can claim that promise for somebody else? See, Isaac wasn't one getting pregnant. <laughs> but Isaac said that, okay, I can claim the promise you made to my mom for my wife. Because it's the promise of God. Amen. It's for us to also be good influence to the people that God has placed us around. 
and, and so maybe, you know, God has placed you in a, maybe you're thinking to yourself like, oh, it's okay. I'm not struggling or anything. Well, maybe it's not for you. Praise God, you're claiming God's promises, but maybe you learn to claim God's promises for people around you. The next time your friend comes to you, oh, stress, oh, I feel so depressed. Instead of just going there, oh, yeah, depression, here's a very bad thing. Here's an article. No! Learn to be quiet. Oh, okay. But learn to speak up. Can I pray for you? Because I might not know your situation. But what I do know is that my God can heal anything. I might not know your situation. But what I know is that one touch of Jesus can heal anything. Sometimes that's all you need to know. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I believe that right here in this room, Lord, Lord, this is a, September is a beautiful time in this city and this nation. It's a time of new beginnings and a time of restart. Lord, we praise God for the summer break, but God, I believe that you're pushing all of us, Lord, as a church to a new beginnings, Lord. Help us to enter in with new expectations. But Lord, help us to also learn to claim your promises. God, sometimes, Lord, you, you place issues in our lives so that we can rise up and claim our promises. Those problems in our lives, friends, like I said, maybe God has placed there so that we rise up to pray. Father Lord, I just want to pray for everyone here. God, I pray first and foremost for the students. God, I pray that you bless every single one. God, I do not need to know uh, what course they do or how difficult it is or how complicated it is. All I need to know is that your word says that he who lacks wisdom should ask from God because he is the giver of all wisdom. So God, I claim that promise for every student here, whether they are in their first year or final year, whether it's a professional paper or master's, right now in the name of Jesus, we claim that promise. Lord, I pray for all the young adults, Lord, everyone who is working. Lord, whether they are not enjoying their work or maybe they are at a crossroad and thinking of, of applying, God, right now in the name of Jesus, that you will provide for them. Just like how you provided for Peter and even yourself, Jesus. When it was time to pay the taxes, you told Peter to go fish. And out of that fish that he caught was enough coins. Let's think about that. Our God is a supernatural God. Stop trying to box God in. And I, I believe that this is a word for, this is a Rema word for some of the young working adults. Try to think of God, how do I do this? How do I do it? And God is saying, go fishing. I will provide for you in a way where you cannot imagine. I will provide for you in an unconventional way. Learn to trust in me. Learn to believe it. Learn to pray. Learn to claim it. You have more power in you than you realize. The Word of God is more powerful than you realize. Jesus has put more power, more breakthrough, more talent, more ability in you than you realize. It's time to rise up and claim it. God, more than anything, I pray for all of us as well. God, I also pray for spiritual next level. Maybe some of you friends, you know, you're, you're craving, you know, you're, uh, maybe I just sense, maybe some of you here, you desire the gift of the Holy Spirit. You desire to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. But it feels that many times either you're too shy to ask of God. Don't be shy. The Word of God says this, my power shall come upon you. Acts chapter 2 verse. My power shall come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. My power shall come upon you. The Holy Spirit is for all believers. So maybe for you, hey, don't 
despair. Don't be afraid. Don't let your past drive you away from the altar calls. But there to say that, God, I claim your word. The Holy Spirit is a gift for everyone. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to speak in tongues. God, would you, would you, would you, I want to claim this promise from you. That is for all believers. So God, whether, whatever we're going through, whether it's physical or spiritual, God, I pray, Lord, that we will not be passive, but we will also not be paralyzed by the problem, but we will learn to rise up and learn to believe, pray, and declare your promises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.